Welcome to Bloodbath, a true crime podcast. That's Jamie. And that's Ashley. Wow, you threw me for a loop there. <laughs> Wait a second. Ash, did you say true crime? I did. So if I'm easily creeped out or offended by sex icons and their tragic deaths, then this probably isn't the podcast for me? You know? No, it's not. But we love a good sex icon. <laughs> we really do. So consider that your blanket trigger warning. You're about to listen to a true crime podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. It's time for the show. And we're back. We are back. From a long hiatus for us. <laughs> Yes, we decided to pre-record and have stuff ready for you, but now we're back to recording week of. Right? Like, do we even know how to do this anymore? I forgot how to (laughs) podcast. Just fire me now. Well, let's get into it. Let us. Let us. So, what are we talking about today? Ooh, Marilyn Monroe. (laughs) The icon. We're kind of going to double team. Double team? Oh my god. Phrasing. (laughs) I'm going to smack you in. Tag you in. (laughs) Marilyn Monroe was and is known around the world as a glamorous actress and a sex symbol. She was in films such as Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, Some Like It Hot, The Serve? The Sev Year? Seven. Itch? The what? The Seven Year Itch. (laughs) The Seven Year Itch. The Misfits, How to Marry a Millionaire, and so, so many more. What was that one movie that I watched that she's not actually in that you told me to watch and I had to find it on Tubi? It's like she's dating that one dude. You told oh, me to watch oh, it. Oh, it's uh, My Week with Marilyn. So good. That's like one of my top movies now. It's really good. Uh, she was featured in a Playboy magazine and was a pinup model for quite some time. She was born a redhead. Hey, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> but dyed her hair blonde and straightened it to make herself more employable. She was part of the sexual revolution of the 50s and 60s. She is still one of the most known icons of all time before her tragic death at the age of 36. So let's get into her life. I'm sure a lot of people know about Marilyn. And as I said, we're tag teaming this. <laughs> yes, tag teaming, not double teaming. So, I like that one a little better. It's a sex icon. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that her real name was Norma Jean Mortison. Mortison, right? Mortensen. Mortensen, yeah. I didn't know. I thought it was Marilyn. I was like, oh, the more you know. <laughs> and she was born June 1st, 1926, so happy belated birthday, in Los Angeles, California. Safe to say the Hollywood lifestyle was all around her from the very, very beginning. Like, out the womb, L.A., <laughs> Yes, out the womb, Ellie, exactly. And, you know, to go with that Hollywood persona, she was called Norma Jean Baker, which was her mother's last name. Her modeling names went from Jean Norman to Mona Monroe. Her first idea for a screen name was Jean Adair. She signed into hotels as Zelda Zonk and was even checked into a psychiatric clinic as Faye Miller. She changed her name legally to Marilyn Monroe in March of 1956 after she was already a star. Wow. I really like the Mona Moore. Mona, Mon- wait, <laughs> Mona like Monroe. <laughs> I had an actual stroke again. <laughs> it's not a bloodbath episode unless I'm having a stroke. Okay, <laughs> true. 
So throughout this, though, we will just be calling her Marilyn to keep it easy so we all understand what's going on here. Within two weeks, Marilyn's mom, Gladys Baker, gave her up to foster care due to an undiagnosed at the time medical condition and also financial difficulties. Marilyn was put in a religious couple's home in Hawthorne, California on June 13, 1926. Her mother was only 26 years old at that time when she gave her up, and she gave her to Ida and Wayne Bolander. And Ida ran this home in a very religious sense. She was firm but compassionate. <laughs> um, and Gladys would try her hardest to spend time with Marilyn, but uh, she had already had two children taken away from her at this point, and that was Jackie and Bernice. Bernice. I like that name, too. <laughs> <laughs> so Gladys was hopeful to be able to be part of her life while she was living with this family. But by the age of three, while Gladys unexpectedly showed up in a manic state demanding to take her daughter back home to Hollywood, obviously the foster family was just like, oh, no, you can't really do that. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> you can't have thank her. you. <laughs> so does Gladys just kind of be like, OK, you're right. No. Absolutely not. She does not. She stuffs Marilyn into a duffel bag and essentially tries to kidnap her. Mm, that's so sad. That's such a thoughtful way of showing love. I mean, evidently she loves her, right? That's not a yeah. question. But luckily this was unsuccessful. Marilyn would spend the first seven years in foster care with her mom having contact with them. Gladys would continue trying to get custody of Marilyn, but that was not possible. However, she proved she was stable enough to care for her after receiving a bank loan to buy a home in Hollywood. And they were able to live together under the same roof. Unfortunately, Gladys got information that her son Jackie and her grandpa had both passed away. And her son Jackie had died of kidney disease, and unfortunately, her grandfather had killed himself. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was all within, like, two weeks of each other. So Jackie died and then her grandpa killed himself. Uh Uh-huh. And that, like, within this family, there's a lot going on. Mm Mm-hmm. More financial strain came to the surface, and the loss of these family members sent her into a catastrophic breakdown. Understandably. Of course. She was admitted into the hospital and finally had a diagnosis for her medical condition, which was paranoid schizophrenia. Gladys's... Gladys's... Best friend and sister-in-law, Grace, was actually appointed to take in Marilyn, but after two years, she got married and ended up giving Marilyn to the Los Angeles orphan home. Marilyn then became a ward of the state. And it was around this time that Gladys informed Marilyn that she had a half-sister named Bernice. And so Marilyn and Bernice began writing each other and met on a few occasions throughout their lives. Bernice lived a long life out of the spotlight, but she did write a book about Marilyn. It's called um, My Sister Marilyn. And she passed away in 2014. I'll have to add that to my bookshelf. There you go. She was returned to live with Grace and her husband, Doc, (laughs) who was a family she lived with before. Doc allegedly attempted to sexually assault her. So Grace moved her to live with her great aunt, Olive, in California. Which to that I say, Grace, why the fuck didn't you leave him? That's my question. (laughs) You want to DM me? (laughs) (laughs) there she was again the victim of sexual assault allegedly by olive's son she was then sent to live with another aunt anna lower but it's suspected because of her health that she was again relocated back to grace and her new husband oh okay so she she had a new husband yeah she was (laughs) like all right we don't like that again (laughs) cool (laughs) she's like i thought about it don't like you (laughs) 
She's 15 years old now and just a few weeks away from turning 16. And Grace and her husband love or what? <laughs> love to what, Ashley? <laughs> love to move, apparently. Have to move out of California. Because she's still a minor in a ward of the state, she cannot move out of California. Obviously, she did not want to go into a new foster home, so instead she got married on June 19, 1942, to James Daughtry. So, who is this James Daughtry? James was 20 years old, living across the street from the home Maryland, from the home Maryland was at. James graduated from Van Nuys High School and started working at a nearby Lockheed Aircraft Corporation. So, Grace and her husband introduced her to James before they were leaving. They went on a date, out dancing, and then barely two weeks later... After her 16th birthday, they were married. Damn. Moving in quick. He left his job. (laughs) Right on the quickness. He left his job with Lockheed and joined the Navy, being stationed in Catalina for the first year of their marriage. James said the beginning years of their marriage were very happy, but then they returned to Van Nuys in 1944, and James was shipped out to to the Pacific shortly after. Marilyn kind of super had a problem with abandonment, but can you blame her? I mean, no. Literally. Not at all. So this time away that happened often put a really big strain on their marriage. Also, Marilyn had no intentions on ever being just a housewife. And she got a job in a radio plane factory making parts for the war effort. A.K.A. It's pretty badass. A sex symbol and a badass. Right? <laughs> She's like a, that's the whole Rosie the Riveter thing. But later on, after Rosie the Riveter, it was already a thing. Because... It's a different war, but okay. You know what? It's fine. It's fine. Rosie the Riveter. It's like, you know, we can do it, you know, with the. Oh, her. I know her. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's all you had to say. Don't give up on me. Don't give up on me. (laughs) We're only like two years into this almost. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So David Conover was an author and documentary photographer who is credited with discovering Marilyn Monroe. So get this. David Conover was sent to factories to photograph female workers. It's, I guess, it, you know, it's it's new, so why not? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was like an incentive thing. Like, look at these women doing it, and then also they would send it to the boys, like, look who you're taking care of back home, and they're taking care of you too. Oh, mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Evidently it's on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so he was sent to photograph female workers supporting the war effort for the U.S. Army Air Forces. While shooting... He saw Marilyn, and she, he just was like, what's up? No, I'm just kidding. He's like, you caught my attention. What's your name? <laughs> <laughs> Soon Marilyn began modeling for David, and by the next year, she had signed with Blue Book Model Agency and started gaining some fame. Hell she yeah. went in for a screen test for the 20th Century Fox. What Would it be like magazine? No, 20th Century Fox was a filming uh, place, so. A screen test is, is what actors do. They, they go and, and see if they test well on screen, see if they have chemistry, see if they can remember lines, which she couldn't, but whatever. <laughs> I know, right? That, that was a really funny part. Well, even though she couldn't, her look still made an impression on the executives there. Despite not having much acting experience, we know, <laughs> they agreed to sign a contract with her. But under one huge and really fucked up condition... They would not sign her if she was a married woman. That's because they wanted her to be the the sex symbol that they saw her as. They were putting her in a box. Her being married was in the way of their money. 
I get their thought process. It's just fucked up. It's it very is. 1946, if you ask me. <laughs> but also back then, I mean, husbands had to sign off on things. So they wanted to have full control of her without him being involved. Yeah, that's true, too, which I don't agree with. But it was the time <laughs> as well. And she she did what she wanted to do. James tried to convince her not to go through with the divorce, but her eyes were on the prize. And in 1946, she asked to end the marriage so she could pursue her dreams, which like follow your dreams. And if that man's weighing you down, (laughs) bye. (laughs) Do your thing. Get that paper. Get that paper. (laughs) After just four years of marriage, they divorced. Four years isn't like just four years. That's that's four years of your life. It was a pretty. But he was away for most of it, you know? I was about to say that, too. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) So they divorced, and this was the moment that Norma Jean became Marilyn Monroe. James would follow Marilyn's journey, but they did not speak. He remarried twice, had three kids, and was able to live most of his life out of the spotlight in L.A. He retired in Maine with his wife until he passed away of leukemia in 2005. And I just want to know what it was like, like, watching her come to fame. And then also hearing about her death because he outlived her. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he actually heard about that death. And I wonder what his thoughts were, you know? Yeah, I do too. This is all around the time um, Marilyn decided that she wanted to be around her family. Um, and her schi- that included her schizophrenic mother and her half-sister Beatrice. So, or Bernice, sorry. Oh my gosh. But her mom often would express her displeasure with Marilyn's career choices of wanting to model and be an actress. She thought it was dirty and not cool. And Mm. so after Marilyn's divorce from Jim Darty, her mother abruptly said, I'm moving to Oregon. Just was like, I'm out of here. Oh. But she never made it there and instead had ended up marrying a John Stuart Eagley. And this man already had another wife and family in Idaho. What a stellar dude. Um, so <laughs> <Marilyn's>, <laughs> her uh, media and PR team wanted to take this story to another level and decided that an orphaned Marilyn would sell more. So they went with the story that both of her parents were dead Oh, instead of, yeah, they just didn't even want like the schizophrenic mother in the picture. So interesting. This of course is a lie and would backfire one day when the press found out about Gladys living in a nursing home in 1952 And Marilyn had tried to help her mother after this and offered for her to come out to California, which Gladys was like, no, no thanks. And then shows up anyway in a manic state and is like freaking out in front of her house. They have to call the police and is hospitalized. And like Marilyn's like watching her leave in the police car, like through the window. Which just add more to the trauma. Right. And she would only see her mother one more time before her death, like Marilyn's death. And Marilyn struggled, of course, with her own mental health throughout her career She relied heavily on barbiturates. She even considered suicide. She told this to her doctor in Mm -hmm. February of 1961, just before she died in 62. She was hospitalized, and when the press found out, it almost broke her. She was found later that week unconscious in her room with her left wrist slit. And this is just like, like just to see, see what she went through. Like all the trauma caused her to have issues with herself even though you can be like the most famous person in the world and you can still be sad you can still have mental issues you can still deal with you know a broken family yeah and on that note too it goes to show you that some of the people with the most money won't even get help and she had people around her that could have gotten her help but honestly all the people around her just cared that she was a sex symbol 
They just care to get her on film. I don't think they actually cared about her actual well-being to the degree that they should have. I, and I feel that goes for most celebrities. You know, they're just seen as, like, what their image is. Like, what's your brand? What's your image? But not, how are you? It's always, what are you? Not, how are you? You know? Like, watching all the Kanye West shit when, like, that was going on. That was borderline. That No, that was harassment, you know? And it's like, people are like, go get help. And it's like the fuck put him in put him in something you know like put marilyn into help like get her actual help so let's go down this very lengthy list of established and suspected relationships (laughs) from the earliest to the most recent so it's rumored marilyn had a brief fling with eddie fisher Eddie was one of the most popular artists during the first half of the 50s, selling millions of records and hosting his own TV show. He was once married to the Debbie Reynolds, as in Grandma Aggie, Halloween Town, hello, and they birthed Carrie Fisher, a.k.a. Leia. Mm -hmm, (laughs) Hello. Also singing in the rain, but whatever, that's just me. (laughs) I'm singing in the rain. (laughs) But all I think about is... uh, friends when they hear that song really yeah because of the guy that joey like sings with across the way i feel like whenever he sings that like good morning song is that the rhythm of i'm singing in the rain i don't know i haven't seen it in a while that's what i think of it that's is where my good brain morning. associates good morning it's great to stay up late yeah that's I mean, reminds me of singing in the rain <laughs> that's because it is from singing but... in the rain <laughs> <laughs> oh it is yeah oh see 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 i didn't even see? know you that know but i yeah. i figured it out it's like whenever I hear the same orchestra that does Star Wars for other things that I'm like, they do Star Wars. I know it. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. <laughs> Where was I? This dude divorced Debbie to marry her best friend. Scandalous. Bitch, try me. I'm looking at you. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't think it's scandalous. I think this is super common because you are you tend to fall for somebody that also would get along with your best friend because your best friend is basically like... Your soulmate, right? I mean, yeah. But you're not allowed to have my husband unless I'm dead, okay? I don't okay? want your husband. I don't. I'm just Good. saying. I don't want you to want it him. It makes sense, okay? It's not <laughs> unheard of. <laughs> think about it. makes sense. People need to, like, get over that, I think. I think, like, if your best friend would make a better partner for your partner and you're unhappy. That's debatable. But what if the, what if you're happy, though? If you're happy, then fuck you. Don't don't step in okay. on your friend's relationship. That's fucked up of the best friend to do. But like, yeah. if you see the the chemistry and you're just like, no, he's mine. It's like, shut up. You're stupid. Okay, I okay. see it. All right. It's very. Maybe they yeah, have I know better... you haven't watched Selling Sunset, but it's very Selling Sunset, and I'm not going to give anything away because I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. Anyway, another rumor was there was a brief fling with Howard Hughes. Howard was an American business magnate <laughs> investor record-setting pilot yes he was engineer film director and a philanthrop <laughs> philanthropist <laughs> the word Thanks. is philanthropist philanthropist that means you have a lot of money and you like to take care of people it's a very that's my dream job philanthropy just giving not to the record-setting pilot of course i want that but i mean if i was just you know wealthy to no yeah. end, I would just want to go around helping people, building wells, giving people water, food, whatever. Like, that's what I would do. That's what we're manifesting from bloodbaths. We can just start handing out hair. 
How much your car loan? Let me let me help you out this month. Exactly. That's <laughs> philanthropy. So he first became a prominent film producer and then as an influential figure in the aviation industry. What, what? Later in life, he became known for his eccentric behavior and reclusive lifestyle. He was diagnosed OCD and chronic pain from a near-fatal plane crash and increasing deafness. He was gained fame in Hollywood beginning in the late 1920s when he produced big-budget and often controversial films such as The Racket, Hell's Angels, and Scarface. Hell Even yeah. I know that one. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I know it. Oh, did you hear that? All the people gasping. <laughs> <laughs> for an added bonus just for you, Jamie, Me. he acquired and expanded Transworld Airlines and later acquired Air West, renaming it Hughes Air West. Hughes was included in Flying Magazine's list of the 51 heroes of aviation, ranked at number 25. Today, his legacy is maintained through the Howard Hughes Medical Institution and the Howard Hughes Corporation. And he also has a building in Los Angeles called Howard Hughes LA, and it's really cool. Oh, that's cool. We'll have to go by there when I come out. So then there's James Daltrey, which we already went through him. And then there is Daryl F. Zunick. He is believed to have been romantically involved with Marilyn Monroe in 1946, but it's been suggested it was more predatory on Daryl's part. Daryl was more uh, leg- Daryl was legendary in the industry, but not just because of his movies. At 4 p.m. every day after his Fox Century studio would shut down, he would have young women in and out, just cycling in and out. Disgusting. As long as they're consenting, it is what it is. But as long as he's not being like actually. In my idea of what it is, he's a studio head, and he's like, oh, I can get you in a movie for the right Power price. Tripping. Yeah. See, that's what I don't agree with at all. Uh, she dated George, what's his last name? Uh, I'm going to go with Gwenly. Gwenly. In 1947. He was known as one of the richest men on earth. <laughs> what's up? <laughs> <laughs> a jazz enthusiast and the last tycoon playboy. Wow. Oh, what's up? <laughs> Another rumor is that she dated George Jessel in 1948. He was an American illustrated song model, actor, singer, songwriter, and film producer. (laughs) A man of many traits. Yeah. He was famous in his lifetime as a multi-talented comedic entertainer, achieving a level of recognition that transcended his limit roles in movies. Wow. Marilyn Monroe stated that her relationship with Joseph M. Schneck was platonic but she was known as one of his quote girlfriends in 1948 joseph was a russian-born american film studio executive it's a bad time to be dating a russian all right <laughs> milton burl reportedly had a romantic relationship with Marilyn monroe in the late 1940s milton was an american comedian and actor Burl's uh, or Milton's career as an entertainer spanned over 80 years, first in silent films and on stage as a child actor, there in radio, then in radio, movies, and television. Tony Curtis has said that he had an on and off relationship slash affair with Marilyn Monroe from 1949 to 1950. Tony was an American film actor whose career spanned six decades, but who achieved the height of his popularity in the 1950s and early 1960s. He acted in more than 100 films in roles covering a wide range of genres, from light comedy to serious drama. (laughs) And then we get another Milton, Milton H. Green, took some of the most iconic photographs of Marilyn Monroe of all time. The two were also believed to have a romantic relationship. Milton Green 
not Taylor Millen, <laughs> mm-hmm. initially established himself in high fashion photography in the 1940s and 50s. His fashion shots appeared on Harper's Bazaar in Vogue. We all know Vogue. Mm-hmm. I know Harper's Bazaar too, portraits. but whatever. Oh, yeah. You know everything. Shut up. <laughs> Stop showing off. <laughs> he then turned to portraits of celebrities. He photographed many high-profile personalities in 1950s and 60s, including, and I'm not saying I know all these people, but including <laughs> your face, Elizabeth Taylor. I know Frank Sinatra. I know Audrey Hepburn. Grace Kelly, Ava Gardner, Sammy Davis Jr., Catherine Denevee, Denevee, Marilyn Dietrich, Judy Garland, and obviously Marilyn Monroe. Do you know all of them? I do. I mean, you know Judy Garland, right? I do. Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah. Yes, you know Judy Garland. Yes, I do. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. It is rumored that she had an affair with All Above Eve co-star George Sanders. Ooh. I feel like people just saw her with a dude and they were like, oh, put him down. She's with them. And it's just Plus, like, can, can you not? Everyone eats up the whole co-star dating thing. Like, they're like, oh my God, the characters are dating in real life. Ugh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So then she dates Elia Kazan. Confessed to having an affair with Marilyn Monroe in a love letter to his wife. <laughs> Scandalous. <laughs> Elia was an American film and theater director, producer, screenwriter, and actor. Described by New York Times as one of the most honored and influential directors in Broadway and Hollywood history. Damn. Now that's a title. That is. Rumor has it that Marilyn Monroe was briefly married. I like as a rumor. Mm-hmm. That she's married to somebody, <laughs> and so, a to, brief marriage. What was it? Vegas, like, like right? Was Elvis there? <laughs> Me. <laughs> uh, anyway, this was Robert Slatzer. Slatzer. There are a lot of very rude opinions about this relationship. One of the big ones being that he was a bigger, homely type man, and that there is no way Marilyn Monroe would choose him over all the men that she had. Like, literally kissing her feet, you know? To which, really? Really. Like, maybe this one was actually one of the few guys that treated her right and didn't look at her like a walking sex doll. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. Don't be rude. Marilyn Monroe and Joe DiMaggio were married and divorced in 1954. DiMaggio originally asked her out after seeing a photo of her with members of the Chicago White Sox. Nickname... Jolton, Joe, <laughs> and the Yankee Clipper, he was an American baseball center fielder who played his entire 13-year career in Major League Baseball for the New York Yankees. Born in Italian immigrants in California, he is widely considered one of the greatest baseball players of all time and is best known for his 56-game hitting streak. Robert Munchum and Marilyn Monroe reportedly were in a romantic relationship in 1954. Robert was an American film actor, director, author, poet, composer, and singer. <laughs> Get it all. <laughs> <laughs> a biography of Marilyn Monroe entitled Marilyn Monroe, My Little Secret, alleges that the Some Like a Hot Beauty had an intimate relationship with Joanne Crawford. Joan? Joan. Joan Crawford. Mm-hmm. Marilyn Monroe married Arthur Miller in 1956 and, dis- and divorced in 1961. How many marriages? <laughs> there has to be like a total. Like I can just Google. I think like marriages? three or four. <laughs> yeah. 
Google it for me while I'm telling it. Okay. <laughs> Arthur was an American playwright, essayist, and a controversial figure in the 20th century American theater. Among this most his most popular plays are All My Sons, 1947, Death of a Salesman in 1949, The Crucible, and A, v- and a View from the Bridge. He wrote several screenplays and was most noted for his work on The Misfit. Also, it's noted that she had three marriages, but I feel like there's more. It's three, <laughs> and then the rumored fourth one that was only like okay, the weekend. <laughs> so I just got to say, I was in Arthur Miller's The Crucible in high school. So nice. We've all read it. You've definitely read it. Everyone's read it, but whatever. Yeah, you definitely did. Everyone read it in high school. <laughs> so during Which, this I marriage, got so away from reading shit in high school. My English teacher was so bad. He liked that I had big boobs and I could read whatever I want. Mm, Pretty sure he got fired. He's so uncomfy. He should not be working there. Same. I'm pretty sure he's not anymore. And also, I did my book report on Twilight because he let me read whatever I wanted. Jesus (laughs) criminy. He was just happy you were reading. Exactly. And I had boobs. Everyone in that class knew, too. Wait, 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 wait. Nothing was happening between us. That's disgusting. I just sat, stop winking at me. I just sat in that chair. That's all I had to do in Red Twilight. I'm not even kidding. Okay? Okay. Go on. What do you have to say? I know what shirts you were wearing in high school, okay? (laughs) I'm just kidding. It's not my fault. I had triple D's in high school, okay? (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm walking around like a plank board. (laughs) I wish I could. (laughs) I couldn't get away with shit. All right, so... Back to Marilyn. During her marriage to Arthur Miller, she suffered several miscarriages, and um, she ended up blaming herself from the drug and alcohol abuse. But, you know, they kind of tell you drugs and alcohol are bad for babies, so I don't know. Marlon Brando says that he had a romantic relationship with Marilyn, who was an American actor and film director. With a career spanning 60 years, he was well regarded for his cultural influences on the 20th century film. Now this one, which I kind of hope is true. Frank Sinatra. Mm. Daddy. Saucy. (laughs) He supposedly had an affair with Marilyn in 1961. I don't think I need to tell you guys this, but just in case, Frank Sinatra was an American singer, actor, and producer who was one of the most popular and influential musical artists of the 20th century. He is one of the best-selling music artists of all time, having sold more than 150 million records worldwide. Buy me to the moon. (laughs) Marilyn Monroe dated Jose Bolanos from 1959 to 1962. Jose was a screenwriter and a film director. Marilyn Monroe reportedly spent her last night alive with the mafia boss, Salvatore Sam Giancana. 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 See, the one time that I'm not going to actually enunciate (laughs) the, the letter, it's the time. (laughs) whom she was supposedly dating she reportedly dated Yves Montand in 1960 and was an Italian uh, French actor and singer and then we have John F. Kennedy allegedly dated Marilyn Monroe and had an affair in 1962 like his brother President John F. Kennedy Robert F. Kennedy allegedly had an affair with Marilyn Monroe in the 1960s So I'm pretty much going to go into my favorite conspiracy, in a sense, like what I believe most. And then I know you have some, too. So, of course, let's (laughs) let's do it. So my favorite theory is 
Sam. Sam left a strong mark on the 20th century, not only from leading the Chicago outfit, but he had many ties to celebrities and politicians, like the Kennedys, and supposedly working for the CIA to overthrow the Castro regime. <laughs> I can't believe you took French See, in high then... school. Get out. You're done. <laughs> I had a boyfriend who spoke French. He did my homework. Oh, my God. <laughs> All I'm hearing is that you shouldn't have graduated high school. <laughs> Bitch, I put in the work, okay? <laughs> I showed up most of the time. <laughs> It's believed that his ties with high-up people is what led to his bloody death. He started running with the 42 gang as a teen. This gang was a low-level street gang sanctioned by the Chicago mob. He was proving himself to be reliable by first graduating from petty theft and robbery to then becoming a getaway driver for the mafia. His criminal record started with several arrests, and then he was the suspect to a murder right before his 20th birthday. But he was never convicted? He had rapidly move, moved up to the top of the list for mobsters, and once Al Capone was arrested, he proved himself to be trusted and, from what I can tell, kind of take his place. But then in 1939, he was arrested for running an illegal whiskey operation and actually spent three years in prison. So it gets away from the murder, but don't be selling whiskey. It's because they got to like catch you doing it, you know? True. He got out and went right back to his ways, leading Chicago's lucrative lottery rackets and continued to rise in Chicago. His involvement in the lottery racket cemented his position in the Chicago outfit. His established casinos and hotels in places like Cuba and Iran, this is when he established ties with politicians to facilitate business. Sam was accused of helping Senator JFK win the vote for presidency in 1960. His social group included celebrities like Frank Sinatra... Weird. And he was known to be seen with young, attractive women. So Sam and Marilyn. It is said that Marilyn spent the evening with Sam after taking his private jet to Calneva Lodge in Lake Tahoe, Nevada. Once there, Sam, who she was supposedly in love with, tried to persuade her not to go public about her affair with JFK. This was the night before her death. She flew home to Los Angeles early the following morning and was found dead that night. Later, a coroner ruled that her death was a probable suicide. This information was said by George Masters, Marilyn's hair and makeup stylist, in recordings he made a month before his death in 1998. These recordings uh, were then found by George nep- or George's nephew, Jeff Plates, and have now been made public. You can hear George Masters saying in a frail voice, the night before she died, the last time I saw her was in Lake Tahoe at Calneva Lodge. She was there with Sam Giacana, who was the head of the mafia. Marilyn and George Masters flew back to L.A. where he dropped her off at the home on August 5, 1962, and it appears that she was at the lodge two weeks before her death, and then she was called back to a one-on-one with Sam. Jeff Blades, George's George Masters' nephew, says, What if the trip George talks about was a last-ditch effort to get her to agree not to talk about the Kennedys? What if Sam Ganacha said, look, Frank, you didn't get it done. She'll listen to me. Let's bring her back again so I can give it a shot. George specifically told me that Marilyn spent the evening with Sam Giacana. The only other person he mentioned was that was there was the singer Buddy Greco. No Frank Sinatra. No Dean Martin. George also said that the person she was really in love with at that moment was Sam. On the tapes, George Masters is clear about the reason why she died young. It was because of the Kennedys. I really think the FBI did it, he said. 
George Masters also appears to confirm the theory that Monroe was moved before, I mean, she was moved around before she died. Suspicious. <laughs> he says, did you know she was pronounced dead? And then they brought her back to the house. She was still alive. And then they take her to the hospital and brought her back home. And then the coroners came over and they found her dead in another bed. Somebody moved her. Dun, dun, dun. That's suspicious. Super sus. But like her whole death is super sus. Yeah, because it's not real. I mean, it's real. It's just not <laughs> she, a suicide. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not Tupac. She's dead. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. No, She's not out there living her best life anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no. But there's just no fucking way that she killed herself. I mean, there is, because like, she made attempts. But it's too suspicious. There's too much stuff that's happened. The fact that a coroner is like, her body was fucking moved. And then all these people coming out? No. No, no, no. And what also, at the time, she had just signed another deal with 20th Century Fox, I believe. And she had just bought a house in Los Angeles, California. She, like, she was moving on from her breakup with Arthur Miller. And yeah. was, so there's, like, there's so many things that were in play and she was setting up so it doesn't seem like a time that you're just gonna decide to yeah yeet yourself no yeah you have stuff going on in your life that you're looking forward to no why would you do that to your puppy there's too much to look forward i mean there's even if there is stuff to live for people do kill themselves that does make sense sometimes it happens just saying there's a lot of things around her death that are fishy so let's get into that yeah (laughs) time for some conspiracies So, the official toxicology report said that she overdosed on sleeping pills, but those sleeping pills had just been prescribed to her days before her death. Could this mean her own psychiatrist was in on it? Maybe. Working for JFK? (laughs) Wink, wink. (laughs) I get into it. I get into it. All right. So, Dr. Greenson did not... uh, He helped the public version of her death that was given to the press, so he was the one who, like, wrote it up. And his surviving family members don't have much to say on the matter except for his widow, which you tell your, you know, wife everything, right? Yeah. She said that her husband did keep out some of the key details of that night that Marilyn died. And she said that he did this so as not to burden his family. But what was the burden he's referring to? Seems yeah. Suspicious. What what's a big enough burden that would actually put be put on your family from your doing? Yeah. What'd you do? You know, if if mm. he was the one who did it, you know, that would mm-hmm. that would shame their family. You just killed yeah. the biggest sex symbol. You just killed the Marilyn Monroe. You just killed a beautiful life. Exactly. Well, tragic as well. A beautifully tragic life. She is like the poster child for beautifully tragic. So obviously we got to get into J. Edgar Hoover, who's the head of the FBI. We got to point fingers at him. He hides key details about the night she died as well in his interviews that he has with Eunice Murray, who is Marilyn's housekeeper and the one who found her. Okay. There's also only one picture of Marilyn and the Kennedys, like, ever printed. And that... That's the birthday um, one, right? It's from the birthday night, exactly. So men who claim to be FBI seized any other photos from the press and anyone who had them. So they, they said, oh, we're for the FBI. We need to take these photos. But, like, J. Edgar Hoover's Whoa. like, I don't know them. They don't work for me. Suspish. But there is a former FBI agent who's, like, no longer works for the FBI. And he claimed that he was aware of records of the affairs between Marilyn and both the Kennedy boys. And that those records were removed while he was working there. 
and it was either at the direction of J. Edgar Hoover or the Kennedys. Scandalous! (laughs) (laughs) There's also the conspiracy of the CIA being involved, um, and that they were working under direct orders from either John or Robert Kennedy, because the CIA does work for the president. Or... There was belief that Marilyn was a communist because of her marriage to Arthur Miller, who was a communist sympathizer. It could be that Kennedy wanted her killed before the affair went public, like you said, or Robert could have had her killed because she knew too much and might have threatened to expose these secrets when he ended the affair with her. And it it's claimed that she loved Robert, but was like sleeping with John because he was the president, but like... But she loved Robert. She actually had feelings for him. So when he broke it off with her, I could see her spiraling and killing herself, probably. Or saying, I'm going to expose all your secrets. And he's like, well, then you're dead. So that's that's one of the considerations. Obviously, we talked about the mafia. They need to be considered. But Milo Spiriglio, who's a PI, he's a private investigator, wrote a book in 1982 called Marilyn Monroe Murder Cover-Up. He thinks that Jimmy Hoffa and Sam Giancana both were involved in killing Marilyn. Overall, it seems that everyone's over here pointing fingers at everyone else. Because, like, when they he was talking about Jimmy Hoffa and Sam Giancana, they were like, no, it was the CIA. And the CIA is like, no, it's the FBI. No, it's the Kennedys. It's not us. Everyone's going to point fingers at each other. It's just the Spider-Man fucking meme. Exactly. <laughs> and the thing is, they're all Spider-Man. Because I believe they were all in on it. It was an elaborate thing. Because mm. the CIA and the FBI, they got hands in the mafia. They do. They totally do. And yeah. the president, they got hands everywhere with the CIA, of course. And of course you could convince a doctor to prescribe something that maybe he shouldn't or maybe give her the wrong amount. You know how much money they have in the presidency, the CIA, the FBI, and the mafia combined? That doctor would be set for life, bro. And if you keep in mind, if they just keep pointing fingers at one another and nobody cracks, and they but they all know they're involved, it's just like, no but him. No but him. Mm-hmm. No but him over there. It just keeps it spiraling. It does. And then none of these people are alive, so we're never actually going to know, which is so infuriating. However, we will speculate to the end of time. I'll tell you that. I wouldn't say never. I think. Really? I think that we could find out. As more and more celebrities are getting up there and dying, there's a lot of people who are going to be on their deathbed soon that are going to be talking. Yeah, but then they they say it and it's like, do we believe them? You know? Like, we're never actually going to know. Unless they release all of the FBI files, all the CIA files ever done, even the ones that are top secret or hidden or taken away, then we'll know. They're probably burned. Those are gone. Somebody knows. Let's break in. <laughs> Let's make some Please, criminal activity. No, no, no. We're not saying that we're going to do that. Please. No. Get your plane, Jamie. Fire oh it up. <laughs> oh, we'd be we'd be shot down immediately. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> oh, no. As we fall down. <laughs> Danger zone. <laughs> of course... We've already talked about him, but we can't talk about Marilyn Monroe without talking about the JFK. So I want you guys all to tune in next week for part two on the Marilyn JFK series. Yay! Yay! I'm so Um, excited. Do you want a creepy fact? Not really creepy. Kind of weird. I want it all. I want it all. all. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So 
most photos, including probably the one on your wall, of modern-day Marilyn have been photoshopped. They make her nose smaller, her waist smaller. They remove a lot of her uh, blemishes or her um, scars on her face. And it's like the one that you see in all the iconic photos, that's not Marilyn. So there's a weird fact. It's so rude, too, because she's just naturally so fucking beautiful. She is. Absolutely. And I mean, she, she was. She didn't need any special effects on screen. You can watch all her old films. She's gorgeous. She doesn't need to have her nose smaller or her waist smaller. She was perfect. Another fun fact for you. It is believed, and I know you know because you've seen it in, in the movie I told you to watch, My Week with Marilyn, and in her supposed uh, affair with Joan Crawford, Marilyn was never actually straight. So happy Pride Month, y'all. Marilyn was gay. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> she actually like, and she had trouble even having sex with Arthur Miller, and they've written about this, like in their diaries. She had trouble with with a lot of that. She didn't want to have sex with men. So that's why I feel like a lot of the like supposed affairs were if if she was with them, it was a power trip on the men's behalf. Oh, for sure, and a PR stunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. 100%. Which sucks, too, because for a PR stunt, you don't actually have to have sex with a person. But I'm sure they made that clear. Yeah, probably. Do you have any good goods for this week? Ooh, should I say it? You should should say I say it. that? Should I say that we have a good good? We Ooh. have a good good. <laughs> Ooh. I'm going to say it so then people can go listen to her podcast as well. They probably already know it. But just in case... I, we, it was supposed to be us, but you were at school and she had to call me abruptly. (laughs) (laughs) I talked to Heather Ashley from Big Mad True Crime, who's another podcaster that we really enjoy. She's very straight to the fact. Her whole thing is pretty much no banter, (laughs) which is the complete opposite of us. (laughs) We're not complete. We're like midway banter. We we have tasteful banter. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to be doing a slight crossover episode. Yay. She's going to come over to ours. And we're just going to chat. And it's going to be great. Love it. Yeah. I just want you guys to go over and give her some listens. Give her a five-star review because she's amazing. And look forward to that. Definitely. It'll, It'll probably be a little over a couple... I think like a month and a half. We got we got we got to move books around, okay? <laughs> It'll happen when it happens, but just know it's gonna happen. <laughs> it's gonna happen. I'm so excited. Also, watch the secrets of Playboy because it's really good and scary and really good. And I think I might cover it because there is some true crime in it. Oh yeah, you can, I mean you can't have it, it's sex, drugs, and rock and roll, man. Right, <laughs> and a mansion. <laughs> oh, and a really creepy old guy. Super fun fact too. I have another one, and it's another one about Marilyn Monroe. Uh, Hugh Hefner bought the, uh, like, crypt above hers, so where she's married, now he's going to be, or not married, buried. Where she's buried, he's going to be buried above her. Oh, I hate that. There you go. I kind of hate that. You're welcome. He bought it for, oh, God, it was, like, it was millions of dollars. Had to be. Of course it was. I don't remember, but still, yeah, Hugh Hefner did that. he would wipe his ass with. (laughs) <laughs> probably yeah and he's gonna pay for his you know crypt with god okay 
All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening for another great week. Be sure to keep up with us on Instagram and Bloodbath Podcast on all of our social medias. And catch you next Friday with part two, JFK. But wait, there's more. Bye, 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 b